Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, September 2nd. We begin with our monthly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. This time out, the mayor shares her thoughts on what needs to be done to address the increase in violence on Calgary streets. It's been a summer plagued with flight cancellations and delays. Now U.S. airlines are under pressure from the Biden administration to step up for consumers. We get details from Global News Washington correspondent Jennifer Johnson. And finally, it's Pride Week in Calgary. We speak with Tammy Plunkett, author and mom of a transgender son, for some advice on how parents can be allies to their children if they are transitioning. Well, after a well-deserved summer vacation, Mayor Jyoti Gondek is back with us this week to talk about all the issues facing Calgary and Calgarians. Good morning to you, Mayor. Thanks for being back with us. Good morning, Sue and Andy. Hope all is well. All is well in our world, for the most part. Um, you know, you talked about this with Shay Ganim earlier this week, and, and you put out a long series of tweets that I had read as well about the harassment faced by Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland last week and your own personal experiences. So that discussion has not gone away. It continues. Any further thoughts from you on, you know, maybe what we need to do moving forward in order to protect politicians or just try to put a cap on this kind of behaviour? I really appreciate you keeping the conversation alive, Sue. I think it's important for the media and our journalist community to shine a spotlight on this incredible rage and hate that has not subsided and what the impacts are not only on elected officials but also on journalists. It's become more difficult for people like you to do your job. Um, We saw a verbal attack on a camera person um, who was just trying to do their job in Inglewood. So... You know, these are things that we need to talk about because they don't seem to be going away and just tucking them away and not having the conversations is not healthy. So um, thanks for making sure that we continue to figure out how we approach this. Mm-hmm. Part of the issue, Mayor, could be just in the way how widespread it is and the Internet uh, as well when it comes to, to spreading hate and, uh, you know, misinformation as well. Is, is that one of the challenges? Is the different tools to, uh, you know, harass these days? Yeah, it's, um, it's easier to get your voice out there now, which is good and bad. And the ability to recruit people into, you know, groups that are perpetrating this type of hate. You've got a lot of folks who are isolated during COVID. You've got people who feel a little bit desolate and desperate, and they don't have a sense of belonging anymore. Their, their world has changed for them. And so when you get these groups saying, come hang out with us, you know, we're, we're just like you. And what they're doing is actually actively spreading myths and creating a lot of hatred. That's dangerous. So I think our police services, our federal organizations that look at um, cyber crimes and hate crimes, they've got their work cut out for them. And if it takes people like me and others to say that this is actually happening, then we need to do it. For sure, and, and we will keep talking about it with you, absolutely. And you mentioned the Calgary Police, so kind of flipping topics a little bit, but 97 shootings in Calgary this year. We've well surpassed 2021's total. What do we do? I mean, how do we address the violence on Calgary streets right now? Yeah, Sue, so it's, um, it's concerning for all of council as it is everybody else in the city. And, you know, our, our ability to do things is somewhat limited just because we're a municipality, but... You know, the best thing we have happening right now is um, a strong group of people that have been convened to talk about the experiences that their organizations are having downtown. And by that, I mean there's about 24 or 25 groups that um, deal with our downtown and surrounding areas when it comes to crime. And they're talking about how we've gone from being a little bit uncomfortable to being unsafe. I've had this conversation with you before. 
we're tracking the statistics that are coming in from the police service. We're actively having conversations uh, with the chief and his deputies. And what they're telling us is that about 25% of the gun violence we're seeing is organized crime. And the other 75% is, you know, sort of this random, unpredictable behavior. And I think their frustration is the one that all of us are seeing in other aspects of our lives. Um, there's a lot of anger and rage, mm-hmm. and people are using guns to settle the score. We saw that there was um, a 3D printing operation for guns. It's just become easier to access weapons for a lot of people. So this is like a big jumbled mess that needs to be addressed. And that's why, you know, a lot of folks are saying, why are you taking meetings with the Liberal government? I'm taking those meetings because it's important for me as a municipally elected official to represent our needs to the feds who have a role to play in gun violence along with the province. Mayor, uh, Calgary Pride Parade taking place this weekend. Oh, finally got some good weather for a parade. Yes. This would be fantastic. Do you believe, outside looking in from our city, and I know that you know, obviously Calgary is your focus, how does Calgary rank as far as being a safe place and as far as inclusivity is concerned? What, what do you think, how we're, how we're doing it and what we can do differently and better? Well, we've, um, we've launched Pride about a week ago, and I had the tremendous privilege of being part of a Indigenous and Two-Spirit pipe ceremony. And it was incredibly peaceful and eye-opening that there are many stories that we need to hear from partners who have been silenced over time. And listening to Indigenous narratives really helped open my eyes to a lot of things. And I would say when it comes to pride, we spent the last week celebrating a lot of things with drag brunches and parties and festival activities. And that's what we're going to be doing on Sunday as well in a, in a slightly more organized manner. Mm-hmm. I would say people that come to visit here and people that have chosen to stay here will tell you that they find a sense of belonging. It's incredibly unfortunate that we saw a survey come out earlier this week talking about Alberta's beautiful, but I don't like its people. Mm. I don't know that that's always the case. I think um, surveys are a snapshot in time. And when we've got some pretty vocal people saying things like, you know, we need sovereignty, shines a negative spotlight on our province and my job is to make sure we talk about the positives we're the third most diverse city in this nation we manage to um, attract and retain newcomers so let's keep focusing on that excellent we'll end it on that note thank you very much and we'll see you at the pride parade i'm assuming sounds fantastic perfect we'll see you on sunday thank you so much mayor appreciate your time take care happy weekend happy weekend mayor jody gondek Biden administration pressuring U.S. airlines to provide better consumer rights after a summer filled with flight delays and cancellations. Joining us to talk about that and all the latest news from the United States, we are joined this morning by Global News Washington correspondent Jennifer Johnson. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning, Sue and Andy. Thanks for having me. Always love chatting with you. Let's start with that. Uh, Sounds like major airlines updating customer service agreements and uh, the president certainly having something to say about that. Well, that's true. Um, So this has been described as the summer from hell in terms of air travel. There have been millions of flights that have been uh, delayed and hundreds of thousands that have been canceled. And the problem is, Um, Well, two things. The airlines blamed poor weather and staff shortages. There also is a severe pilot shortage in the United States. And so because so many Americans and others were stranded at airports and overnight in many cases and for days in other cases, 
um, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, basically said to the airlines, either you fix this and fix your policies in terms of reimbursing travelers, or we will. And so the airlines took it upon themselves to change some of um, their policies, um, some of which include if you are stranded overnight, they pay for your hotel room. If they can't get you to your destination, for example, my son was trying to fly from Washington to Nashville because he, he lives in Nashville. They, um, Southwest said, you know, we can't get you there tonight, but tomorrow we can get you to Tampa. Well, Tampa isn't Nashville. And so there's penalties now. Uh, the airlines are instituting penalties for doing something like that. And so basically it was either you do it or we do it, and the airlines are going to now, you know, make amends to these travelers that they're stranding. The bigger problem, though, you guys, is just that there is a pilot shortage, and it's supposed to go up to like 14,000 um, in a couple of years. So that's the bigger issue, and how the airlines are going to fix that, I don't know. Uh, Jennifer, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden called Trump and mega Republicans a threat to, quote, the very foundations of America. This was in a primetime address last night. How is that being received, Jennifer? Well, that it was a blistering, blistering mm-hmm. speech from Joe Biden. And basically what he said was, I, I'm fine with the the you know, regular Republican Party. But the MAGA Republicans, the people who are still backing Donald Trump, are dividing this country, and they're a threat to to democracy. They don't care about rule of law. They don't care about this democracy. Um, It's, you know, basically our way or anarchy. And so he he really laid it on the line in what was dubbed the soul of the nation speech that he gave in Philadelphia last night. Um, How is it being received? The Democrats think it's great. Um, Some of the Trump Republicans are saying that he did it because the midterm elections are coming up. The timing, you know, was questionable. Donald Trump is calling it just words and, you know, fired back of everything that Joe Biden has failed to do while president. Um, But I, I think there are a lot of people who not only are Democrats, but moderate Republicans who are very concerned about the soul of this country and very concerned about the threat of the democracy in this country and, and what is really going on. I mean, you have people, you know, assaulting FBI agents over, a, you know, a legitimate raid at um, the president's estate, you know, firing on their offices and, and threatening National Archives employees. I mean, it's just because they they stand by and, I guess, love Donald Trump so much. Mm. It's, it's, it's a really strange time in America. That's a lot of Pretty anger, yeah, just so, anger. so much anger yeah. being stoked, right? And I thought what Biden talked about last night too, saying, you know, the the the, the MAGA Republicans, a danger to a woman's right to choose, a danger to who you want to marry being a, a choice right. any longer. There are so many things. It feels like the the United States are kind of going back in time, right? Like really back in time, like hundreds of years back mm. in time. And it's, it, I mean, it's a great concern for, as you said, for women, for. Uh, gay people, for trans people. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you just look at everything that the MAGA Republicans want to do and you think, you know, what is, what is happening here? But the problem is Donald Trump remains the number one, the front runner for the Republican Party. When they do polls, it's Donald Trump. And then there are people like Ron DeSantis after that, you know, and possibly Liz Cheney. But Donald Trump is still leading in his party. And so what, Biden was trying to do last night was appeal to the moderate Republicans and say, no, let's take a turn. You know, there, there have been obviously, 
you know, many, many Republicans in recent history in America. And the country's never been divided under George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush and others. Um, and, and so I, I think it was a legitimate speech. And I don't think the timing it was. It's not like it was two weeks before the midterm elections. We're still at the beginning of September. So, I, you know, if, if I look at it objectively, I think it was a legitimate speech. And there are millions and millions of people who are concerned about the path of this country. You had mentioned that Donald Trump, former president Donald Trump, his name is the really the front runner attached to the Republican Party moving forward. Still amidst the allegations and I guess the investigations into Mayor Lago, Lago uh, where are we with that as far as the sensitive material that the FBI was was looking for? Well, I mean that's that's you know to your point, it, it doesn't matter what Donald Trump does. I mean this this situation is so egregious that any president, for whatever reason, would think that he could just willy-nilly declassified, declassify top-secret documents and then bring them to his private residence and have them strewn around his office where people come in and, and go and, and just have them there. You know, but to your question, so, so Trump's lawyers have asked for a special master, and I'm not sure that you have those in Canada, so for your listeners' purposes, special master is an independent attorney who is appointed by the court, but he or she is not paid by either side. So it's basically an independent person who goes in and looks at this raid and what was taken. So what the Trump lawyers first wanted, well, they they want everything. The special master look at everything. What the initial ruling was that that the special master could look at what was protected under attorney-client privilege. For example, is Donald Trump's fighting over his tax refunds, what were the conversations, what were the documents between his attorney and him that could be protected under attorney-client privilege. What the Trump lawyers want and what Trump wants is everything to be looked by the special master. That's going to be a hard sell because these are documents, many of these documents are things that are the most highly sensitive documents um, and reports that American intelligence has. These are things that if you have the highest security clearance in this country, you have to go into a secure room, which is basically, you know, iron padded, you know, iron all the way around. There's no windows. It's guarded by a person. You leave your phone. You leave your Fitbit outside. You are not allowed to have somebody inside with you. You can't hand off the paper and say, get me a photocopy. These are the most highly sensitive documents in America. That's going to be a tough sell to allow a special master to take a look at those and, and expect Somewhere along the line, they could not be compromised. The Department of Justice um, and the the Intelligence Directory of the United States is going to fight this hard. It is just outrageous that anyone but a former president would just walk out of the White House with some documents that are so extremely sensitive. It's just... It's almost unbelievable that he had all that in his home. Anyway, uh, we could talk to you forever about that stuff. So many things going on in the United States right now. Thank you so much for the update, Jennifer. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent. Pride Week is a time to celebrate diversity in the Calgary community. And the more we talk about some of these topics, the more understanding there will be and hopefully less negativity as well. With some insight and advice to help parents with children who are transitioning to live their genuine life, we're joined this morning by Tammy Plunkett, who is the author of the new book, Beyond Pronouns, The Essential Guide for Parents of Trans Children and Mom of a Transgender Son. Good morning, Tammy. Thanks for joining us. Hello, good morning. Hey, you know what, I think sometimes the, the anger comes from misunderstanding, perhaps equals confusion. So can you explain for people who don't know what it means to be trans or tra- transgender? 
Yes, I would love to. So <clears throat> transgender essentially means that the person does not identify with the gender they were assigned when they were born. So most of us, uh, when we're born, people, either the doctor or the midwife or sometimes even a relative, looks between our legs and says, you're a boy or a girl. And uh, trans just means that you don't feel that way. And sometimes it includes being non-binary, meaning you don't identify with either boy or girl, or you are a little bit of both. And sometimes it means you're the opposite gender than the role that you were given when you were born. Tammy, I want to back it up and uh, ask you if you can share your personal story. I'm wondering how much did you know about the trans world uh, before you were a parent? Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I did know was misinformation. Uh, I, I'm a retired registered nurse and uh, my nursing degree is quite old. <laughs> and what I had learned about the trans community uh, was old misconceptions that we have uh, since studied scientifically and know is wrong now. So uh, I, it was uh, drinking from a fire hose to mm-hmm. learn what it all meant. So, I mean, your son came out as transgender at 11 years old. What was that like as a parent? And, and how do you kind of deal with something like that? Uh, it was, uh, there was a lot of fear because uh, this was six years ago and there was a lot of negativity in the media around it, although there still is a bit today. Uh, and I, I had fear about his future. I was worried he wouldn't be able to get a job. I was worried that no one would ever want to be his partner, like, um, romantically um all of that has obviously um not come to fruition he is a happy healthy very um doing well in life and uh those fears were just fears of the unknown and and because of the misconceptions so i needed information and that's why i wrote the book so that others get the information that i desperately needed and I would think, uh, Tammy, to a certain extent, it's disarming to, to have a book because there's a lot of trepidation. People, uh, if they don't know about something, they have the fear, kind of the unknown. This makes it a little bit easier to pick up a book and flip through the pages and maybe have some of your questions answered, you know, uh, just on your own. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to put your hand up in class. <laughs> and and it also takes some of the onus off the trans person themselves because it's a lot of emotional labor for a transgender person who is going through their own journey to have to explain it to other people, uh, and especially their parents. So uh, for parents to have a resource that they can privately look at, even if they're just suspecting that something might be up with their child, or uh, you know, if they know of a, a cousin that and then uh, look at it, like you say, in the privacy of their own home. And I specifically wrote the book in a very gentle way. I don't hit people over the head for not knowing things. Uh, I didn't know them, so I'm very forgiving for people to, to make mistakes in the beginning. You've talked about this book as being sort of a, you know, a deeply rewarding journey with your trans son and uh, helping you and, and hopefully others become an ally to their own kid. That's so key and so important. Yes, yes. It has been an amazing journey. And as much as I had fear in the beginning, it, it has been rewarding. We all know ourselves better because we all stopped to do a little inventory on the inside of ourselves to say, okay, well, what roles am I playing in life and, and who am I truly in all of this? And so we're all much closer to it. It's been a wonderful journey. Tammy, thank you so much for your time and sharing your personal story. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me.
is uh, Tammy Plunkett, author and mom of a transgendered uh, son. You can uh, find out more about her book, The Essential Guide for Parents of Trans Children, on her website at Tammy Plunkett, P-L-U-N-K-E-T-T dot com.